Grace Chapel podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We're so glad you're here. Before we get started, we want to remind you of the importance of being connected into a local church body. Podcasts are a gift from God, but are meant to be supplemental and not substitute or replace the gathering of the saints in worship in the Word. With that being said, we pray that this teaching would bless you, equip you, and encourage you in your walk with Christ. So all of us, all of us in the room, like Jake was saying, all of us, uh, we are called to the nations, but all of us are a direct result of faithful men and women of God spreading the good news and, and taking their time uh, and, it, and it trickling, like even when Paul went out, like just thinking about like the progression of the gospel and, and how, where we are today, we're, we're a product of that, of the good news of Jesus Christ advancing in the kingdom. Um, so I'm gonna pray just one more little bit of thank you. So thank you, Jesus, uh, for, for the ones that have gone before us. Thank you for the ones that have taken their time to disciple us. Thank you for your gospel, um, that nothing can stop it, God, nothing can stop it. And I thank you, God, for the advancement of your kingdom of light dispelling darkness and, um, and light shining through all of that. So Lord, I thank you that that's, that's in us this morning. And so we, we thank you for the ones that, are, that are, might even still be in our lives, but even definitely the ones that have passed on and gone before us so that the advancement has gone even down to us. So we're grateful for that. And yeah, in your name, amen. So um, I, was saved, I was saved when I was 14. Um, and I know I've said that up here before, but the words that God spoke to me directly after I received salvation like without missing a beat was like the moment I said, okay, Lord, I'm done riding the fence. I'm all in. He responded with, you're going to be my missionary. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I was like, and, and, but in the moment I, I didn't really have much grid for it, but I know I heard it without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and through tears and in complete awe, um, all I could muster is yes, Lord. And, and that phrase has marked me further. I mean, it's, 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 completely marked my life. Just, just that simple phrase of giving my yes to him. Um, so it was salvation. And then seconds later, it was like God gearing me up for the nation. So um, this topic has been, it's really personal to me. And um, it's been actually really difficult for me to, to put this in words. Um, because I feel like it's my whole Christian walk. Like that's all I've been like, you know, it's just, it's in here. And I'm like, Lord, like, how can I convey what I feel? Um, and I would love to sit up here and tell you story after story of how unmistakably and miraculously God has shown up and shown me his, his heart for the nations. I would love to just tell you, stand up here and tell you stories. I'm not going to do that today because <laughs> there's not enough time. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it, it's something really personal. So, um, because it's, it's, it's his heart. It's, it's, it, it, it's what he says to us in the Great Commission. It's, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I, I pray that you can feel the love and compassion for the people of the earth when you leave here today. Um, so, but with everything Dira and I have been through, um, because she's kind of, she has the same story. She's been dreaming about missions since she was five. Um, so way longer than me. <laughs> um, 
But with all that we've been through, I am here to tell you that I feel like we have not scratched, we just scratched the surface like of God's burning heart for the nations because it's so deep and it's so vast and he loves, he loves his people. Um, so we're just one little family and all we've really done is say, yes, Lord. And so I hope that we can, we can grasp onto the simplicity of that for you guys. Um, and I'm not up here as an expert. So like, yes, we're going to Indonesia. Yes, we've been doing stuff, but I'm not up here as an expert. I'm coming to you uh, with a desperately longing to know his heart for people. Um, that's where I'm at this morning. Um, and just one little, one more ode to what Crystal talked about last week and what I'm talking about now is that it, like she talked about neighbors, I'm talking about nations, but they are never ever supposed to be separated. They are in tandem and they were forever meant to be that way. You can't, if you're not willing to reach your neighbors, you're not really gonna be able to reach the nations because if you go to the nations, who are you gonna be ministering to? Your neighbor. So, so yeah, like if you want God's heart for the nations, you gotta grasp it for those around you. And then, and then, and it's gotta be both. It's gotta be both. If we're only ever focused on locally, then we're missing that part of the great commission. Like we're called to both in tandem, flip-flopped both and more. That's what I want you guys to remember this morning. So neighbors and nations in tandem. And um, regardless of whether we've ever um, experienced another culture, if we've never been out of the States or if we've only lived in the South, like we've not really, if we've not done too, many, too much traveling um, or if you've been around the world a time or two, um, Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says that we all have a part to play. I know we've been a broken record already, but I'm gonna be saying it a lot. Like we all have a part to play when it comes to making disciples of all nations. Um, so I've got three pieces of scripture that are just gonna be our foundation this morning. Um, I'm not really gonna spend too much time breaking them down. I'm just gonna read them. And you'll know that that's our launching pad of everything else that we talk about this morning. Um, I think we've got them up on the screen. We're gonna start off with the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Yeah, cool. Okay, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Say all nations. All nations. Yeah. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the end of the age. I love how he sums it up with, I'm with you and I've got you and you're not alone. So anyway, that's the side note. <laughs> um, Revelation 5 verses 9 and 10. And, they, and they, sang a, they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and by your blood, you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they shall reign on the earth. Revelations chapter seven, nine through 12. After this, I looked and behold, a great multitude, say a great multitude. That no one could number. Just think about that for a second. I was at a UT game yesterday and there was tons of people. 
This is a great multitude that no one could number. You would be probably a fool to even try. Like that's how, that's, it's a great multitude. And, and they're from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and language, standing before the throne and before the lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God and who sits on the, who sits on the throne and to the lamb. Great multitude, no one could number saying salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and, and, and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God. What a scene, what a scene. Saying amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever, amen. So that's, that's kind of our bedrock this morning. Um, when the Great Commission, like when you guys see the word nations, in Greek, it's the word ethnos, um, which refers to a grouping of people based on commonalities, people being connected through historical and family roots and, and culture and language, shared values and beliefs, common interests and experiences. Um, so to help us get a little bit better of a picture of that, uh, I've got a map that Hopefully it gets, yeah. Okay, so geography lesson. Okay, um, this is a map of Nigeria. And so on the left side, you guys see the single political country. But when nations, ethnos in the Bible, it's talking about the right side. And that's Nigeria, a collection of over 540 distinct people groups, each needing a church planting movement in their midst. That's what Jesus was talking about. We did that. Like we formed, we formed that bit. And even though that's included in the Great Commission, sure, if, yeah, yes, both of these. But those little circles, like the, there's little tiny circles in there. And each of those is a different people group. So, so yeah, even though it includes that, that's what he's talking about. And hopefully that gives you guys an idea. And it's not like you didn't know that. We probably know that. But when I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah. Um, Psalm chapter two, verse eight says, ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth, your possession. Other translations say, I will make the nations your inheritance. So, and that's, that's ultimately like, that's for, that's Jesus's inheritance. It's, it's his, but yet the creator of the world wants to use us to get it. Like he's bringing them in through us. Like that blows my mind that his inheritance, that's rightly his, he's going to choose to use you and me to get that in. Like to, and obviously like I've heard of stories like supernaturally far off in the mountainous regions in the Muslim countries, like people are having dreams of a man dressed in white and all splendor and glory. Like he can do those things. He is doing those things, but most of the Bible is him sending us. And so God can do what he wants. People have had those dreams about him, but ultimately he's gonna disciple, he's discipling people through us, the church. And so that's, you know, that's that. <laughs> um, but this next slide 
Um, it's gonna show us the progress of the gospel by people group. Okay, so I pulled this off. I pulled all three of these things, one after this, that from the joshuaproject.net. If you've never heard of it, um, or if you have, it's a really good, if you've got some free time to like jump in and get stirred up and a little bit bothered and confronted and challenged, you know, whatever, you know, whatever you do in your off time, but um, go there and check it out. They have an app too that will, uh, you can use to help you pray. It's gonna, it's called Unreached of the Day and it'll pop up and it'll show you tons of information on that people group. And, and like, you can pray with your kids, you can pray with your spouse, your friends, your dorm room, wherever you, whatever situation you guys are in, but it can help you pray. Um, but when I take a look at this map, so the red is unreached and least reached. Um, then you've got the yellow that's got a formative and nominal church movement in it. And then the green has an established and significant church presence in the area. Um, I mean, you can, you can see over here, like there's little red dots uh, on this side, but like, and then, you know, little bits in, inside of the green. But when I see the green, like, I want to praise God. Like, that's big deal. That's a huge deal of the gospel going out, like all over. And even in the yellow, like, I mean, there's, it is, you can see the progression happening. But when I see the yellow and the red, like, I'm, if I really sit here and look at it, it makes me breathless. And it, kind of bothers me um, with the reality that so many people don't know about Jesus. They've not, they've not heard of him. Um, got one more map for you and we'll let this last one hang up there. Yeah, cool. Um, before I explain the map or talk about the map, um, I wanna read some stuff that I've gathered from the Joshua Project, but just to help us get a glimpse at, okay, reached versus unreached. So an unreached people group is a people group within which there is no indigenous community of believing Christians able to evangelize this people group. In the middle of the 1990s, mission strategists sought to quantify this definition. They settled on the criteria for unreached as less than 2% true Christ followers and less than 5% professing Christian. This includes all form of Christianity, anyone that would call themselves a Christian. So unreached is, is again, I'll say it, less than 2% of Christ followers and less than 5% professing Christians. So the, the 2% is like those that would feel equipped enough to evangelize. And then five is like, yeah, we're Christian, but we're baby and we don't know really what we're doing. Um, so the, uh, that's kind of like a picture of reached versus unreached. The unengaged, which this is a term that doesn't get thrown around the church as much, but the unengaged is um, basically to say the people group, it, there is definitely no missionaries in all likelihood, no outreach, no church or fellowship of believers, no Christian materials and few, if any Bibles in these people groups. So unengaged. Um, data from the uh, IMB, the International Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention, which is the largest denominational mission board in the world, suggests that there are possibly over 3,000 ethnic people groups that are not only unreached, but completely unengaged. Um, this, this picture right here, that's, I don't know if you've heard, it, heard of it before, but it's referred to as the 1040 window. Um, it's the most poorest, most trafficked, 
most unreached area in all the earth. Um, and it's an area of great need. And um, that's, I kind of wanted to just, just see this to let it stir us up, you know, to get a picture of, you know, the picture before the progression of the gospel. But like this, like this area, it's like, they don't know him. And, and it's mostly sensitive to the gospel. Like it's not an easy, obviously it's not easy. Um, but yeah, I just wanna, I'll leave that up there for you guys. But as, as, as we talk about all these things and these facts that I just threw at you, it's heavy. And I hope you're bothered by it. I hope we're stirred up. But you also, we also might be tempted to think like, what can I possibly do? I'm here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, what can I possibly do? I've never experienced another culture or what can I possibly do? You name it. And that my friends is the wrong question. So with faith, like the boy who offered his lunch to Jesus, who then in turn fed over 5,000 people with that faith, we need to ask God, what can you accomplish through my little life for the nations and for the sake of your kingdom and your name. Like, I wanna find that out. I wanna find that out. And the enemy would love to have us not see this need. <laughs> like it's sensitive in the, in the physical, like you've got people like, you know, they're of other religions, they're different than us, like it's hard. Um, but, but like the enemy would love us to not see this and to not know about unreached people groups and to not know about unengaged people. He would love to keep us going like this and like going through our day-to-day, -day, like getting busy and da-da-da-da-da and not seeing anything. He would love to keep us in that, stuck in our little, in our little bubble. But like, I, I wanna give us, I, I hope we can get God's perspective to see how he sees. Like, the, like me, myself, like, like the enemy could keep me focused on how unqualified I am or broken I am or not ready or not enough or too hurt or too wounded or, or you name it. Like if he can keep me in this whirlwind in this circling motion of, of my own weaknesses, um, then he'll, he'll succeed in not reaching the nations. Like at me and me, myself, not going and not reaching and praying and being aware. Um, we look at Paul, right? Like he, he was a terrorist and he actively killed Christians. Like whenever he got the chance. And that's a pretty big excuse. Like I, know, I haven't personally um, killed Christians. I don't really seek to kill Christians, um, but I've got some excuses, but I, to me, that, that's a pretty big excuse that Paul could have. Um, but then God said, oh, but I'm, I'm gonna use this one. I'm gonna use this one to go and bring the gospel to the nations. Like we all have our bag of excuses, but to me, that one's a pretty major one. And he, he spread the gospel through Paul, changed his name and spread the gospel. Um, and this is just a little side note, but like if, you, if you're in a spiritually, or if you're in a rut spiritually or mentally, I firmly believe that loving people and serving people and sharing the gospel with people and modeling Jesus's life. Like that's what we've been learning about in advancing the kingdom. Like if you're in a rut and you do those things, then like that, that's gonna get you out of that rut. Even when, and especially when we don't feel like doing it. 
And even when you want to make up excuses, even when we want to, when we say, oh, well, I just can't right now because I've got A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, whatever reason, like if you guys are in that place and I mean, we're, we've all been there. We've all been in ruts and we, it's an up and down. It's a, it's a, you know, that type of life. But like in my life, when I felt the, the least equipped or ready, like I feel it on a daily basis, guys. Like I felt it all week long preparing for this thing. Like, what the heck am I going to say? But, but I'm, I'm going to trust God. Like Proverbs says, like trust in him and lean not on my own understanding. I'm like, well, good. Cause I like, I feel like it's not so much, but, but I know Jesus and I know his heart. And in scripture, it says greater love than this, that, that greater love has no one than this, that someone lay his life down for his friends. And then you see preferring others above yourself. And, and yet we still might be tempted to think, what can I possibly do? But it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So it doesn't matter what mental state you're in or spiritual state. Yes, take care of yourself. But the, if the enemy can get you so like this, like looking through a tunnel, he's gonna succeed and he's gonna keep you in the rut. But the moment you start loving other people and serving other people and being his hands and feet and saying, yes, Lord, I've got all this junk, but, I, but I've got you. And so I'm, what can you do with me? And it's, it's, we've got, we've got to remember it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. It's why we've been singing since Sunday school. It's like, hiding under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine for real. Like that sounds so simple because it is simple. Your neighbors are all around you and the nations are all around you. We have a light that pierces darkness it's not about me. It's not about you or what we can accomplish, but it's about the Christ in us. Like the light is yearning to get in the 1040 window. The gospel is yearning to get there. That's why we're commanded to pray, pray for the Lord of the harvest, like send out your laborers. And, and, and it, it's going to look different for every single person, but we all have a mouth and we all have a heart and we can all pray. So let's start there. But like that, that's it guys. Like this, I, I mean, there's a reason why Jeremiah says, I feel it like a fire shut up in my bones. I grow weary of holding it in. Man, <laughs> that fire can consume the 1040 window. If we just say, yes, Lord. Like if we just say, okay, Lord, here's all I got. I got some fish and I got some bread. Like, what can you do with it? We're ambassadors. You are ambassadors. I'm, I'm an ambassador. Of the, of, of the kingdom of light to advance it into the nations of the earth. Going back to the Great Commission, um, this, was, this was cool. Uh, just was in conversations with Dira and just looking at the Great Commission. And, and we talked about like, we stepped back and really she was like, she, we got to thinking like when we were in Indonesia of this, but like the there's a stereotype in the church of like the missions world of it being like an individual calling. But if you can picture the great commission, when Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave it to a community of believers, a, a, a body of believers. He didn't say like, Hey, Peter, you, you go, but they, you know, like he didn't just, he, it is individual, but 
Jesus gave it in community. And there's something to be said there. Um, just look at even Paul's life. Like he was sent out from a church and he wrote to his churches and he longed to be with those people. But he was sent out. And, and guys, like for me and Dira, like 12 years of like dreaming about something in Indonesia, like one of the biggest reasons is because we needed you guys. It didn't happen before Grace Chapel. It didn't happen before we had our body, our, our, our friends and our family. Like I, I was convicted early on because like when, how we went to Africa, we, I mean, Dira had uh, her, her, her church in, in England and they did send her out. But like us as a married couple, like, and when I went, I mean, there's, there's a few in here that have known me for a very, very long time um, that were helping and being a part of me getting to Africa. Um, but it was just a bunch of like ragtag, like, you know, like believers that have said, that said yes. And I, and I praise God for every single one of them. But there's strength in numbers. Like there's, there's a reason why it all happens in community. And I'm not saying what I did was wrong. I'm saying that and, that, and that happens a lot throughout missions. You see people like, you know, just, you know, by themselves and like kind of going off and they don't really have too much like where they came from. And I just believe like there's, there's good and all of that's good. The gospel going out, it's good. God can use it. Like, I mean, he spoke through a donkey, like he can do a lot. Like, but, but I'm just saying there's a higher level. And if we can know how to minister to our neighbors and we can know how to be in community and we can live in relationship. And then all of us collectively, when me and Dira go, it's all of us collectively going because we know you guys and we would not be going if it wasn't for you guys and Christ in you and what you've done in our lives. And, and what God wants to do through this body of believers here in Knoxville. So I just wanna say that, like it, it's in community and you guys are very much a part of, my, of our family. So thank you. Um, I could go on and on about that, but um, what am I doing on time? Wow, okay, I gotta get Russian. Okay, uh, Matthew 5, three and five. And... Hopefully we can get that up there. But if you hear nothing else, guys, this morning, um, I really truly believe that there's a couple of keys in the Beatitudes that like, I'm not gonna go through a ton of practical ways that we can get connected uh, or get involved like in missions and stuff or, or reaching the, the nations. Like you can come and ask me later or have a coffee or ask whoever and look at your um, discipleship journey book. It has, Dave Buring put a lot of, options of how to get involved. So please look at that. Um, and if you don't have a book, ask us, ask leadership, ask whoever. But, but the keys that I feel like God has shown me is verses three, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then verse five says, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Guys, if you want to reach the nations, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Both of those things combined, being lowly in spirit and being humble and gentle. And I mean, it says it right there. I was blown away. It's, I've been reading it forever, the Beatitudes. It, but it says, poor in spirit, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's yours. And then blessed are the meek, you're gonna inherit the earth. So, wow. 
1040 window. Andrew, maybe you can put that up there. Guys, I don't know if you know this. It's a triple A show going on. There's two Andrews back there and up here. So it's pretty cool. It's a triple threat this morning. Um, but yeah, like that's the, those are the two keys. And if you hear nothing else, hear that. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. A couple more things. Um, in 1 Corinthians, um, so yeah, remember that. Remember Matthew 5. Um, three and five. But first Corinthians, Paul said, and I, and I, when I came to you, so we've got our bag of excuses, right? Like we've got that. But then Paul writes to the church in Corinth, another nation that he's not from. He said, when I came to you brothers, did you, I did not come preaching or did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not of plausible or reasonable words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. We've sang about it, like it's here in this room. And like, so, and it says, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That's it. Like that's, that's <laughs> Paul. Like he, he knew a lot. Like, I mean, he knew he was well-educated, but he chose to know nothing more than Jesus Christ and him, him crucified when he went to the nations. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. And if you've been saved for five minutes, you can surely disciple someone who's been saved for a minute. Like you don't have to know much. I've felt really ill-equipped most of my life and on a daily basis. You can ask my wife. But uh, it's something I greatly struggle with. And I know that I know the truth, but I need to uh, like know the truth. But the truth lives in me and I do know that. So that's where I'm gonna stand on. So I'm gonna finish, um, I'm gonna wrap up with this quote. I've got three more really quick points if you guys are okay. Okay. Ralph Winter aptly stated, so Ralph Winter, he's um, one of the heroes of mission in the missions world. Um, and this is to encourage us because I know I've really been heavy and I've probably been bothering you. But take this as good news when I read this. Take all of it as good news, but this will help, this will help, this will help us feel better. <laughs> um, but the task of identifying and penetrating um, the remaining unreached people groups, the great challenge of discipling all nations still lies before us. The 1040 window. But we are assured in scripture that God will be worshiped by a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language. We are, here it is, here it is. We are within range, guys, of penetrating every people group on the planet with the light of the gospel, with more momentum than ever before in history. We're in reach. And when everybody knows from what I read in scripture, it ain't too much longer for Jesus coming and riding on a white horse and taking us all home. So that's the fire in my bones. That's 1040 window, get ready. Cause like when the church wakes up, like we want Jesus to come back, right? Like I really want him to come back like now, but, but we've never before experienced the momentum ever before in history that the gospel has. So be a part of it. Find a place of historic significance in declaring his glory among the nations. 
be still and know that I am God. And the part that gets left out a lot, it says, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. He is not a man that he should lie. He will be exalted among all peoples. He didn't just say say the United States. He says all people of the earth, all people. So we're all, we're all called to pray. We're all, we, we're either really scripture puts it pretty plain, but like we're either going or we're supporting and sending and being wrapped up in it all. And let, you know, we're either doing all of that. And if we're not, we're, we are missing it. So I want to challenge us. Like it's meant to bother you a little bit. Um, but when we, but let's leave here today with these three truths. So from this, from this, screen right here. I'm going to read these three, these three bubbles. So abide. We've talked a lot about that. That is in our DNA here. Man, we could talk about that all day long. But abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it bi- abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. John 25, 4. Seek first. Seek first his kingdom. Seek Jesus first. Meditate on his word and let him be your strength. Seek fruitfulness over productivity. Pray. Pray for the world. Pray for the 1040 window in Africa and Asia. Ask God to build in you humility and a love for those who are lost. Thank our Lord for his faithfulness in guiding and providing. Pray for the Lord to raise up laborers of the harvest. And then the last, lastly, obey. Obey where God leads, following with an unrelenting intentionality. But never do things merely to mimic others. We definitely don't need a bunch of me's running around, okay? So, but never do things merely to mimic others or to gain God's love because he already loves you deeply. Rest in that love today. Be spirit-led examine your life and consider how you can be faithful to God's leading. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. You're so good. Man, you're so good. And you love the people of the earth and we wanna know you more. We want to know your heart more. So God, help us, help us get in front of cultures we're not necessarily comfortable with. Help us get and taste the nations. God, because that's your heart. That's your inheritance. So who are we to say, no, we don't want to look at that because I don't want to reject you, Father. I don't want to, I've done it a lot and I'm sorry for when I've looked away and I didn't understand and I chose to lean on my own lack of understanding. But God, we choose today to stand and say, we trust in you, Lord. You're good and you're faithful and we're not going to lean on our own understanding. We're going to lean on you and that you would show us how to reach the nations for your inheritance, your reward, your reward of your suffering that would get into your hands, that we would say yes to that every single day of our lives. And we thank you that your blood, Jesus, is enough for all of us, the 1040 window, every continent that we named off earlier, your blood is enough and you will get what you deserve. You will get it all. I thank you that you're faithful. I thank you that you're faithful to use us in spite of all our brokenness and all our stuff, that that it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Help us remain poor in spirit. Help us remain meek, Lord. 
and that we would walk um, a life that's worthy of the calling that you've given us and that we would walk a life following you and your footsteps. It's really actually simple. It's just loving people and saying yes to what you are calling us to do. So let we yield ourselves to you this morning, that you'd send us out from this place with a fire in our bones and, and, and with a yes cry in our heart um, and knowing that you're, you can do a whole lot. If you can do a whole lot with bread and, and fish, you can do a whole lot with fire and a yes. Okay, so Lord, we trust you. We love you. Protect us, heal us, make us whole. Put joy in our hearts today because the gospel is advancing right here and now. In Jesus' name, amen.